podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for, I don't know if I would say a special episode, but it's its an episode that uh, I've never done before, and it's really an episode that, and I don't know how long it'll go, but it's, you know, 90, it'll probably be 90% dedicated to one single player. And that is uh, Deuce Vaughn. Before we get into it, you know him, you love him, and hell, maybe one day they'll have a Deuce Vaughn, uh, you know, beer because you know, of course, the NCAA made it so athletes can't do uh, any NIL deals with uh, any sort of alcohol company. But Manhattan Brewing Company does have the Condor Double IPA. For Connor Riley, they have the Tang Party Tangerine Sour for Coach Jerome Tang. They have the Swag Team 6 IPA for the K-State Equipment Team. And I'm sure those are not the only beers we'll see in the coming years, you know, partnering up, honoring any of these great Wildcats. I tell you what, I, first off, uh... (laughs) I think I said this in the last episode. After I calmed down a little bit after that crazy overtime win versus Baylor, I cracked open a Manhattan Brewing Company Townie Wheat. Now, I know I tried to declare the Townie Wheat the tailgate beer of the year. Uh, first off, it is delicious. I <laughs> I mean, again, I live in Kansas City. Uh, there's a pretty famous wheat beer around here. Uh, but the Townie Wheat truly is the best wheat beer I've ever had. If you have someone who thinks, oh, I don't like craft beer, give them a pint of that and just just wait to see. It is fresh, it is crisp, it is delicious. And I cracked open one of those uh, after that dub. And I, I think everyone, after every victory, whether it be in the brewery, whether it be a four-pack from your local liquor store, from the brewery, or a crowler straight from the brewery, everyone needs to be cracking open Manhattan Brewing Company beers for their victory beers. Of course, be responsible when you do. So the the topic for this show, Chris Deuce Vaughn. Oh, man. You know, we, we had been saying, you know, back when Grant was still on the show, and I was saying it all offseason and all season is long, to cherish every time you get to see Deuce Vaughn play the game of football for K-State. He truly is a generational type talent. And that's why I wanted to have this show. Um, We'll have different shows throughout the winter talking about, uh, you know, guys who decide to leave, guys who decide to stay, you know, uh, 
I'll, I'll probably here in the coming weeks talk about specifically, you know, the decision for the entire offensive line to be coming back. Um, there's another, you know, with Cooper Beebe being one of those generational players coming back, still waiting on the official word on another generational talent, uh, Felix Andy DK Uzama, uh, and whether or not uh, he's going to declare for the draft. Um, recording this on Sunday the 8th, just in case uh, some news breaks. Nothing has been officially said one way or another there. But Deuce Vaughn... Uh, about a week ago, a week back, uh, declared he was going to go to the NFL. First off, as I think we all know, his dad is an age or not an agent is a scout for the Dallas Cowboys. He's been around the NFL his entire life. I'm sure he got great advice, and I'm looking forward to him playing in the NFL. You know, I, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I would uh, I would do some dirty things for him to end up in red and playing in Kansas City on Sundays. Um, but what we've seen the last three years from Deuce Vaughn um, truly have have never been seen. Um, the the guy everyone compares him to, Darren Sproles, again, you know that that's who he was closest to. Um, but again, Deuce Vaughn was infinitely better in the passing game than Darren Sproles was in college. Deuce Vaughn, what he was able to become as an offensive weapon, running the ball, receiving the ball, again, doing stuff that college football rarely sees. I I, I would challenge you guys this. Go look at Christian McCaffrey's final season at Stanford and compare that stat line to the season... Deuce Vaughn just had. You know, I'll pause. I'll, I'll wait. Just take a look. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it's stark how similar those are. Again, Christian McCaffrey goes on to be a first-round draft pick. A different build, I understand that. But he had all that Heisman hype around him. And, and I really think that K-State probably... Feels like they might have missed an opportunity to really bang the drum for Deuce Vaughn uh, for some of these awards, for some of this recognition. Uh, because again, when you, when you look at the Big 12, again, the Big 12 had an amazing year. Amazing year in running backs. Uh, but who, who was the yards from scrimmage leader in the Big 12? Who was the yards from scrimmage leader in the nation? I mean, what, what Deuce Vaughn did, and luckily he was awarded um, with consensus first team All-American honors once again, was something that you don't see from the running back in college football. That all goes hand in hand with how he was able to do it. I mean, you can't watch, no one has watched a K-State football event, whether it be media day stuff, whether it be pep rally stuff, whether it be you know national TV talk shows, whether it be podcasts, 
Whether it be the actual games without hearing, oh yeah, and Deuce Vaughn's like 5'5 five, five or 5'6, five, whatever his height is. You know, what, what he was able to do with his stature, again, reminds people of only one guy, and that's Darren Sproles, who again uh, is, is going to be a college football Hall of Famer. A guy who went on to, you know, have some of the most all-purpose yards in the NFL. Now, I'm not going to sit here and predict Deuce Vaughn to have the uh, NFL career Darren Sproles did. But the only thing that is stopping Deuce Vaughn from moving in front of Darren Sproles on almost every list uh, at K-State is the fact that Darren played four years and Deuce is only going to play three um, and again, we're we're robbed of you know some non-conference games with Deuce Vaughn, you know that first season, his his true freshman season. And when you look at all the all sorts of all-purpose yards, all this type of stuff, Deuce Vaughn did all that without, I think, maybe taking one punt, one or two punts his entire time at K-State. Every almost every single yard, or ninety-nine percent of the yards he racked up at K-State. We're all as a rusher or receiver. You know, and and you look at even early on this season. and And I think ultimately this is why there wasn't more Heisman buzz around uh, Deuce Vaughn is, you know, early in the season when Adrian was really cooking, he was able to punch in some of those red zone rushing touchdowns and I I don't care ultimately I don't care Deuce was not going to win this award but it would have been cool uh, to see him get into the top 10 in voting uh, I regret I'll, I'll be honest with you guys I regret not voting for him um, I kind of was just like oh I don't want to seem like a homer but I, I think if you truly look at his yardage and not only his yardage but his yard share at K-State, the amount of yards he was picking up uh, percent-wise compared to any other you know, non-quarterback in college football this year, um, truly indispensable. Truly indispensable. And this is not going to be the podcast that I make the argument for this. This might be... You know, I started thinking up, you know, a couple questions, like an off-season debate uh, series uh, where I will draft different people to make different arguments and all that type of stuff. But I don't think it's asinine at all to say he is the greatest running back to ever play at K-State. Now, I understand the demographic of folks who listen to this podcast. You know, it is mid to late 20s. You know, probably up to, you know, 50s, you know. I think that's probably where most of them are. You know, that's a big range. That's a 25-person range, whatever. Um, and, and, and I know saying that probably is making a lot of people roll their eyes and say, like, no, Scott, what are you talking about? It's Darren Sproles and it's not even close. I don't know if anyone's actually saying this. This might be a straw man argument. But anyone who, who says it's not even close, I, I think is getting caught up in the nostalgia and the magic of watching collegiate athletics when you're younger. When you look at 
the accolades, if you look at the yardage, when you look at the stats, if you look at the iconic plays, I don't see how anyone could sit back and say, oh, there's not even an argument. And again, different eras for for, for, uh, college football brings different stats, brings different, you know, uh, different everything. You know, ultimately, I think it is an exercise in futility trying to uh, have a heated debate where things really get nasty, trying to compare anything from different eras. So I get that. And, And that's not what I'm trying to do. But when you sit back and you think about, you know, again, Darren Sproles is tier one by himself, by himself, you know, pre-Deuce Vaughn in my lifetime when I'm looking at, you know, K-State running backs. And then, you know, in the tier two for the longest time, it was, you know, Daniel Thomas and John Hubert. And again, they're, they're, you know, I'm, I'm what, I'm 31, so my memory of individual players, you know, pre-1998 um, gets a little hazy. You know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, create the, this podcast is not about creating the tier list for running backs, but Deuce Vaughn belongs to be in that tier one, that standalone group with Darren Sproles. And what he was able to do statistically, what he was able to do in the big moments. And I think what takes him, uh, again, modern college football, I get it, but what he was able to do just as a pure offensive weapon as well, not just as a running back, um, was truly amazing. And and again, I I remember after his freshman year, I've said stupid stuff on this podcast. I'm going to continue to say stupid stuff on the podcast, but I think I probably said something like, Oh, I think there's a better chance he, he would be a, you know, a thousand yard, uh, receiver than a rusher. Well, he, he continued to, I, I think go well over a thousand yards and around 500 yards, uh, receiving. I don't know if he quite got there this year, what, what his totals ended up being, but again, he ended up doing, that and going up over 1,500 yards from scrimmage both his senior and junior year. You know, he was a freshman All-American. He was a consensus first-team All-American as a sophomore and a consensus All-American as a junior. Being a two-time consensus All-American has only happened once. One time. Before Deuce Vaughn, it was Chris Canty. So this is the first time on offense we've seen it. And again, there there is much as folks like to kind of trash on the history of K-State football. When you want to talk about first players to ever do something, when when you go back and look at how elite the Bill Snyder era was, 1.0 and that run in 2.0. When you have these individual players, where very, where, I mean, again, countless All Americans. Anytime you you get to talk about a player getting awards and getting recognition that has never been done before, you have to put them in that rarefied air. You have to put them up there when you talk about some of the greatest to ever do it. Now, 
I I think this next part is as close to a, a no doubter that that there's ever been. That there were a few questions, and I'm sure the next time we do a Q and A episode, I will I'll leave the question in uh, because these are one of these those stupid like fan things that I'm very passionate about. You know. In basketball, it's jerseys up in the rafters. For football, it's name up on the ring of honor. Someone asked shortly after Deuce Vaughn uh, announced he was going to go pro if, oh, you know, is Deuce a ring of honor guy? And I was shocked that the question was even being asked. And even after I answered almost immediately, um, there's like some pushback. Like, oh, are you sure? I mean, you know, it's such a small list, blah, 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 blah. No, this is the, it's the easiest thing uh, ever. I mean, it, it is truly the easiest question, um, maybe in all the Q&As that we, we've ever done. The two-time consensus All-American is nice, but then again, we talked about it and we've talked about it all season long. Especially when the questions and kind of comparisons between Deuce Vaughn and... Darren Sproles come up. You know, the the thing I pointed to, and I, I talked about this all season when I'm talking about the individual legacies and what individual players are playing for and individual things I'm looking at, is Darren Sproles not only was a Big 12 champion, but he had that iconic moment, that iconic play, that iconic touchdown versus Oklahoma with that call that I think all of us can hear in our heads with Wyatt Thompson. And sure enough, Deuce got that as well. So Big 12 champion, most outstanding player in that game, and a two-time consensus All-American. Again, I, I, I don't I don't like the idea of hanging jerseys in the rafters or names going up, you know, on Ring of Honors like immediately. You know, I, I don't like that. I, I I think enough time has to pass. To really make it special. To bring it back. And almost kind of use it as a teaching moment for that younger generation of K-State fans. I think Tyler Lockett. I I, I think that that worked out perfectly. You know. And Tyler Lockett. Absolutely a deserving player to go up there. A four-time All-American. You know. Deuce could. I mean. Hell. Deuce could have. You know. Put himself. I think. In a camp that is only Tyler Lockett as a four-time All-American if he would have come back. And really, that plus accumulating more yards and touchdowns and stats, I mean, that's the only thing that this man doesn't have. Uh, But I think that was perfect. You know, Tyler Lockett going up there, what was it, eight seasons after the fact? You know, uh, I I think that is the perfect amount of time. I'm not trying to put Deuce Vaughn up there, uh, you know, when we play Troy next year or anything like that. Um, but, you know, five to ten years from now. And, again, it's the Ring of Honor is not an every year type thing. Uh, you know, it's the, there are usually a few years uh, in between and there's multiple people in the class. Uh, but if I think probably the next class might be a little too soon, but two classes from now. You know, I, I think there's 
still a lot of guys that deserve to go up on the Ring of Honor. Um, but Deuce Vaughn, when it makes sense timing-wise, you know, letting enough time pass, uh, and then working with what hopefully is a very lucrative and long NFL career, um, he has to be up there. And not only that, and this is the next point I want to get into, um, I, I think it is one of the best climbing stories uh, that there is. If you go back and look at Deuce Vaughn's recruiting profile, I, I believe uh, the only power offers, I think he had Arkansas, maybe Missouri. Can't quite remember, but again, um, but there was two. You know, he was ranked as a three-star. I mean, he was a scholarship-type player. But he came in, he worked hard, he developed under this class, and he became the guy to point out when it comes to the culture. And if, you know... If we all had a dollar for every time Chris Kleiman said in a press conference, you know, about how great Deuce is in the offseason, taking care of his body like a pro, helping that culture change. Because when he came in, again, it's been talked about. We talked about it a ton back in 2020. We've talked about it quite a bit after the fact. But there was a culture issue during that 2020 season. There really was. But what did Deuce Vaughn do and what did a lot of players in his recruiting class do that have become some of these leaders at K-State? They stepped up. They were, despite being sophomores, despite being underclassmen, they stepped up and said, no, this is not what we are going to do. And what did they do after that Texas Bowl? They said, hey, we're coming back. We're working harder than ever in January. And we're winning the Big 12. And Deuce Vaughn was the head of that snake, but in a very good way. Deuce Vaughn pushed every single player on this Big 12 championship team to be better because that's the type of leader he was. And I think that is so important for the climbing era because once again, there were there have been stars, there have been you know, heroes. There have been legends uh, that played under Chris Kleiman. Skylar Thompson, uh, in his second start in the NFL, broke a what, uh, like a eight-year drought and a six-game losing streak for Miami uh, to make sure that they're going to the playoffs for the first time. But at the end of the day, while we'll all remember Skylar at his best was under Chris Kleiman, he was a Bill Snyder guy. Even some of these recruits that played big parts in the Big 12 championship, uh, they had connections back to Bill Snyder. So I think it is so important that Chris Kleiman has one of these guys that is beginning to the end the Chris Kleiman era, the Chris Kleiman development, the Chris Kleiman recruiting. Deuce Vaughn now... Uh, maybe for the entire time that Chris Kleiman is at K-State, will be one of the crown jewels that he holds up. Not only is it a talent identification win, but a development win. Not only was it a win on the field, but he became one of the biggest 
messengers when it comes to delivering that culture, delivering that message, not only to the players, but then to the fans when he's in the media as well. Now, Chris Kleiman is a great coach. And, uh, you know, we had running back by committee that was pretty damn good his first year. And I, I bet that DJ Giddens and whoever they get in the transfer portal to be the two-headed monster next year is going to be great at running back. No doubt. But without Deuce Vaughn and what he was able to do off the field, as much as on the field, we don't have this Big 12 championship. I truly believe that Deuce Vaughn is the most important player to K-State's you know, K-State football history since Tyler Lockett. You know, I, I truly believe he deserves to be in those conversations with Tyler Lockett, with Colin Klein, you know, with Jordy Nelson, with Darren Sproles, with Michael Bishop, with Kevin Lockett. You know, this is the type of rarefied air I believe that Deuce Vaughn deserves to be in. And again, I think for some of the younger folks, because there are some college students or some young, you know, recent graduates, hell, I think there's a handful of high schoolers who listen to this podcast. A lot of them are going to be listening to this episode and saying, well, no shit. Of course. You know, because again, I, I, I think that the closer you are to being in college, whether just out or about to go in, that is when your fandom is at its absolute peak. It will You will never be a bigger fan of college sports than what you are from, you know, 14 to 24. That 10 year, you will never be a bigger fan. And getting to experience Deuce Vaughn during that time frame Definitely means that I'm preaching to the choir here. But again, when you see some of these Twitter posts, when you see some of the stuff on message boards talking about, oh, some of the best to ever do it, oh, the Mount Rushmore's and all that type of stuff, you don't see any of them without Darren Sproles. You see a lot of them with people in my age. Of course, Tyler Lockett, Colin Klein. But I think we all need to give... That respect, you, we all need to give that legendary standing. And we all need to recognize what we just got to experience the last three years. And that is the legacy and the legend of Deuce Vaughn. You know, I don't know if this is an episode that folks listen to and they say, uh, oh, th- that was worth the 30 minutes. I don't know if this is one where folks listen to me kind of ramble for, you know, five, six minutes. I'm like, all right, I'll listen to the live show. Live show will be going live 7 p.m. on Wednesday on Spotify Live. Um, But I, I just wanted to get kind of my forever bouquet of roses um, out there to to a player who I do think is revolutionary legendary and one of the most important football players in K-State history um, and just kind of get that out there. 
Um, I will forever be a Deuce Vaughn fan. Um, my biggest nightmare is that he ends up at the Denver Broncos or Oakland Raiders. Um, because I, I can't ever imagine seeing him on the football field and not wanting him to take it to the end zone every time he touches the ball. Um, truly a historic and at worst generational and possibly life once in a lifetime type player at K-State. Um, I, I, I think K-State fans uh, should all, I, I hope it didn't take to the end of his career to realize it, but I, I hope we all were able to enjoy the masterful and truly football genius career that was Deuce Vaughn. So that's all we have. Um, again, I, I, I think moving forward, there, there has been a lot of news with the football team. Obviously, the basketball team is off to a historically hot start. Um, the schedule moving forward is usually, you know, I, I would imagine every week there's going to be a Monday, Tuesday episode. Uh, and then you guys will hear the recording of the live show on Thursdays. Um, I'm working. There's a handful of interview shows that are hopefully going to be happening here soon. Those will come out either on Wednesdays or Fridays, depending on when they get uh, recorded. Uh, but we will be moving to a three-show-a-week uh, schedule. Um, like I said, probably next week I will work to... Actually, hell, there's a pretty big basketball game on Tuesday. Um, we might have a full-on preview episode for that. I don't know. Um, but soon we'll, we'll be talking about some of the stuff going on with the football team. Uh, some pretty big portal stuff. The entire offensive line coming back. Um, you know, ramping up soon here. Maybe in the next 10 days or so have a football schedule. Um, but we'll, we'll keep it going. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you agree with me. I hope uh, one thing you know. I, I hope one thing all K State fans can agree on is uh, Deuce Vaughn deserves to be in that rarefied air. So that's all we have. Make sure you check out Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan. Make sure you have some Crowlers or four packs for those victory beers. Hopefully we have a lot more of those to come this winter and into the spring. So for all the K-State fans everywhere, for, uh, let's say for guests of the show, Brian Anderson, the position coach of Deuce Vaughn, for Chris Common, for Taylor Bratt, for all the K-State football, for the Big 12 champions, for Jerome Tank, for Gene Taylor, for everyone who loves K-State, and for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. We love you guys. Go Cats. Glory in the combat for the purple and
to our colors we will ever be a fighting and a fighting for a wildcat victory fight 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 we face state wildcats for alma mater fight 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 glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be Podcast Network.